What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Thursday, January 26th. I'm Gideon Resnick. And I'm Travel Anderson, and this is What A Day, the official meeting spot for people mourning the end of Amy Schneider's historic run on Jeopardy. Yeah, she had 40 consecutive wins. She was number two for the longest streak ever. It's okay. Don't be disappointed, sis. It's still like well over a million dollars. Think about that. That's pretty nice. I mean, she's got good money, okay? She'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) On today's show, France bans so-called conversion therapy, plus a rogue rocket from SpaceX is on a collision course with the moon. But first, the 83-year-old Justice Stephen Breyer intends to retire at the end of this Supreme Court term in June, according to multiple reports yesterday. The oldest justice on the court, Breyer has been under enormous pressure to retire while Democrats have the slimmest control of the Senate. While Breyer's replacement would not change the makeup of the 6-3 conservative supermajority on the court, it could impact the court's future. Biden's nominee would likely be younger than the other two liberals on the court, Elena Kagan and Sonia Sotomayor. Yeah, and Breyer's planned retirement also opens the door to some history being made on the court, as President Biden pledged to nominate a black woman as his first pick way back in 2020 while he was still on the campaign trail. Two of the names that have come up in recent reports are Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit and Justice Leandra Kruger of the California Supreme Court. Now, even before an official retirement announcement, let alone the name of a nominee, there is some reporting that Senate Democrats are eager to get the confirmation process going immediately. And they are able to confirm the eventual nominee with a simple majority, thanks to Republicans using the nuclear option in 2017. That is when they lowered the threshold to confirm a Supreme Court justice so they could appoint Justice Neil Gorsuch. For more on all of this and what comes next, we have with us again today Leah Littman. She is a law professor at the University of Michigan and a host of the podcast Strict Scrutiny, which covers all things Supreme Court. Leah, welcome back to WAD. Thanks so much for having me. All right. So there has been a lot of talk about Justice Breyer retiring. He is 83 years young and has faced a lot of pressure to step down. Why now? I think it's difficult to know exactly what is motivating him. But one thing I would put on the table is just the utter doom and destruction that has been emanating from the Supreme Court over the last year. Specifically, Justice Breyer has watched the justice that replaced his good friend, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was selected by a Republican president, Mm -hmm. destroy many of the values and legal principles that Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg held most dear. Mm -hmm. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has written about women's ability to decide to have an abortion. Well, who is she replaced by? Justice Amy Coney Barrett, who opposes abortion. And after she is installed on the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court allows Texas to enforce a law that has nullified the right to an abortion for people in that state. And so Justice Breyer looked around. He sees what the justices appointed by modern day Republican presidents do. And I think he doesn't want to be Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. He doesn't want to be replaced by someone who is going to demolish everything that he believes in. Yeah. Yeah. And you're kind of getting at the 
this, but I'm curious if you've engaged much with the thought of what the implications would have been if he did wait longer and not do what everyone on Twitter has been uh, <laughs> urging him to for a little while. We are already living in a world with a 6-3 right. conservative supermajority court. And so they can already do basically everything they want to. I think the difference between a 6-3 and a 7-2 supermajority conservative court is more about the future of the court than its present. Mm -hmm. Namely, a 7-2 conservative supermajority would be harder for Democrats to eventually be able to replace and eventually be able to appoint a majority of justices than a 6-3 conservative supermajority court, which is already going to be quite prohibitively difficult for Democrats to ever you know, retain control of the Supreme Court for the next several decades, absent some major structural reform of the court. So now, timeline-wise, when can we expect a new justice on the court? As soon as the president nominates and the Senate confirms a new justice after the term ends, then Justice Breyer would retire and that justice would replace him. Now, it's possible that the Senate could hold hearings on a president's nominee before the end of the term mm. and confirm a justice and just wait to swear them in, you know, until the term ends. So that's one possibility. Um, but my guess is the Senate will want to get it done rather quickly and very expeditiously around or immediately after the end of this term, which will be the end of June, beginning of July. Got it. And we're definitely getting way, way ahead of ourselves here. But Democrats can see to justice with just 50 votes, you know, plus Vice President Harris is the tiebreaker there. But is there a reasonable expectation at this point that all Democrats would support Biden's eventual nominee? As to whether there is a chance that the president would select someone who a majority of Democrats or all of the Democrats wouldn't support, I think that's very unlikely. Mm -hmm. I mean, the president thus far has selected nominees who the Democratic Senate seem very content with. Um, at least one of the prospective nominees to the Supreme Court is a judge who President Biden nominated and the Senate confirmed to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson. Right. And she received not only all of the votes of the Democratic senators, but actually a few Republican senators as well. Mm. So if they're looking for an easy confirmation, they might go with a person who they just confirmed with right. a majority of votes in the Senate. Right. I'm curious also, given the dynamics of the Senate, how could Republicans possibly impact the confirmation process if they were going to try to gum up the works? Um, you know, they will throw temper tantrums in the press. There are already statements being made by conservative commentators about how we are getting close to an election, the midterms. And so, you know, sure. <laughs> we've heard this song and dance before, haven't we? Uh, we know how this one plays out. Um, but, you know, the fact is they don't control um, the Senate chamber. And there are already rules in place that allow a Supreme Court justice to be confirmed by a simple majority of votes. The filibuster does not apply to two nominees to the Supreme Court, but I don't really think there's a lot they can do. Now, is there any idea how all of this discourse could impact any of the cases uh, that the Supreme Court has already decided that they're going to take up this next term? It's unlikely that this will affect any of the cases that the court has agreed to hear for the term that will end in June or July. Mm. Now, the Supreme Court did recently decide to hear some huge blockbuster cases for next term, the right. term that will begin in October 2022. One of those big cases is about race-conscious remedies for past racial discrimination. 
as to whether Justice Breyer's absence could affect that decision. I think it is unlikely. Again, the conservatives have a supermajority on the court. Um, but I do think there would be considerable power and considerable virtue in having the first black woman to serve on the Supreme Court to be in the room mm -hmm. and on the court when that decision is made and when the court hears that argument. President Biden, of course, has promised to nominate um, a black woman to the Supreme Court if he has the opportunity to fill a vacancy. So I think that that possibility could affect the case in a broader or general sense, even if it doesn't necessarily affect the outcome that we expect. Right. And do we have a sense that like he's actually going to make good on that promise? You mentioned a couple, you know, Black women names earlier in the conversation. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. This is a promise he made. It is a promise he has reiterated. And it is a promise he has kept with respect to his nominees on the Court of Appeals. So this is an issue that is clearly something that matters to him and his administration. And I don't really expect them to depart from that when it comes to the Supreme Court. Got it. So say Breyer gets replaced and we're still stuck with a conservative supermajority in the court. Do you see this impacting the campaign by some progressives to pack or expand the courts? Um, I don't necessarily see replacing Justice Breyer with another justice selected by a Democratic president um, affecting the campaign to reform the courts one way or another. I think what is more likely to affect that campaign is what the 6-3 conservative supermajority does. If they are right. going to steamroll through and destroy Roe versus Wade mm -hmm. and soon after that destroy you know, the Environmental Protection Agency's ability to address climate change, they will themselves be making the case for court reform. And I don't know that anything Justice Breyer does by retiring or the Senate does by confirming a successor to him um, will end up mattering that much. Right. They have certainly made that case uh, for themselves so far. Um, <laughs> what are some of your takeaways from Breyer's tenure? I mean, a lot of the discussion more recently has been about this notion that he sort of maybe needlessly sought compromise, the view that the Supreme Court was apolitical. What, what are your thoughts? I would just say that Justice Breyer was confirmed and came of age during a very different world than the one we are living in now. You know, he was selected in part as a judge because a Republican senator, you know, recommended him to the president. He worked mm. in the Senate during an era of bipartisan compromise. That was his understanding about how American institutions worked. That is obviously no longer the world that we are living in. Um, maybe it took him a little bit, but he realized it. Mm. That capacity to evolve and update your views, you know, when you see things changing around you is a credit to anyone and a Supreme Court justice in particular. And it's something he's done, you know, on the death penalty, for example. He was a justice who, like justices who came before him, said, I've seen enough of this and I just don't think the death penalty can be administered in a constitutional manner. Right. Uh, well, you've given us a lot to think about. Leah Littman, thank you so, so much again for joining us today on WAD. Of course, my pleasure. There's going to be a lot more that we're going to get into on all of this very soon, but that is the latest for now. We'll be back after some ads. Wow. 
Well, today is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, everyone's (laughs) getting flowers. Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. An update on Ukraine. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg announced in back-to-back press conferences that they had responded to Russia's demands with written notices of their own. The letters to Russia, separate but mutually reinforcing, are said to reject Putin's demands to roll back NATO's presence in Eastern Europe while offering diplomatic counterproposals. While Blinken says they will keep the documents private to, quote, provide space for confidential talks, he emphasized that there were no concessions on key issues like NATO's open-door policy. According to Stoltenberg, NATO has formally invited Russia to meet to discuss the issues that were presented in the documents, but it's unclear whether Moscow will accept. NATO allies have already deployed ships and military aircraft to reinforce Ukraine's eastern border, while Blinken mentioned the 8,500 U.S. troops prepared to supplement the effort. Stoltenberg said, quote, while hoping for and working toward de-escalation, we are also prepared for the worst. Don't love that. (laughs) At all. 
San Jose passed the first U.S. law requiring gun owners to carry liability insurance and pay an annual fee. Late Tuesday night, its city council overwhelmingly approved this measure in an effort to rein in gun violence. This law is meant to encourage people to have gun safes in their homes, install trigger locks, and take gun safety classes. The liability insurance would cover damages or losses from accidental use of firearms, including injury, death, or property damage. And gun owners will pay an estimated $25 annual fee per household, which would be put towards community groups who educate people on gun safety, suicide prevention, domestic violence, and mental health services. This law was first introduced in 2019 after a mass shooting at the Gilroy Garlic Festival that killed three people, and Mayor Sam Licardo brought it back after another mass shooting in 2021 at a San Jose rail yard that left 10 people dead. But this new ordinance is expected to face opposition, of course. Gun owners who say this violates their Second Amendment right promise to fight back and sue the city. Mm-hmm. I bet. France has banned conversion therapy, a scientifically discredited practice that tries to change an LGBTQ person's sexual orientation or gender identity, also known as bigot witchcraft. <laughs> the National Assembly approved the ban unanimously on Tuesday, voting 142 to zero. People who are convicted under the new law will face criminal penalties of up to two years in prison and may have to pay a fine equivalent to $34,000. And the severity of the punishment can increase if the fake therapy is attempted on a young person or someone deemed vulnerable. The law also allows people to file a civil lawsuit on behalf of another person, which is a beneficial tool for someone afraid to report the situation themselves. In other updates that constitute the bare minimum for creating a compassionate world, yesterday Pope Francis told parents to support their children who are gay. During his general audience address, he talked about kids with different sexual orientations and told parents to, quote, never condemn your children. Now, still, according to Vatican official doctrine, the church cannot support gay marriage and priests cannot bless same-sex unions. So Catholic parents will have to tell their gay and lesbian kids that their love is okay, but it's too far to celebrate it at a party with a bad DJ and little mini lobster rolls. They're going to miss out on a whole lot of fabulous weddings, darling, okay? (laughs) It's true. In other news, Elon Musk finally found a creative way to get us to forget about that time he got a really bad haircut. (laughs) Multiple astronomers have confirmed that a road SpaceX rocket is expected to crash into the moon sometime in early March. Mission accomplished? Mm, well, maybe. Sure. An independent researcher in Maine realized something was wrong when his computer software couldn't monitor the trajectory of the chaotic rocket past March 4th. Soon, he learned it was because the projectile had a date with destiny. Oh, God. The SpaceX rocket, which launched from Cape Canaveral in February of 2015, was part of a mission to assist a space weather satellite on a million-mile journey. The support rocket was meant to return to Earth, where it would burn up in the atmosphere, but lacked the fuel to escape the gravity of the Earth-Moon system, which instead pulled the rocket into a weird little orbit through space. While the rocket's collision will likely form a crater on the Moon's surface, astronomers believe it's actually no big deal for the Moon. They say the fresh crater could give a unique opportunity to scientists studying the properties of the Moon's surface. Though that does feel like a classic line from someone who works in academia and wants Elon Musk to like them so they can get a job at SpaceX. It's kind of like a more minor version of looking at the Titanic and being like, that's a great opportunity to learn about glaciers. <laughs> you know, that's really an interesting way that we could study that. Is there no other way? It's the silver lining, Gideon. Come on. In the case of things hitting the moon, I am more of a glass half empty uh, type person <laughs> or a crater empty type of person, if you will. Good luck. Uh, and those are the headlines. 
That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, crash straight into the moon, and tell your friends to listen. And if you are into reading and not just marginally woke Pope quotes like me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Travel Anderson. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and you, you were, were robbed, robbed Amy. Amy. Yeah, it was a tremendous run. I would hate to be the person who beat her right now. He did look upset, I will say. He looked like <laughs> shocked and upset, as was everyone. Um, so there's that. What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Jazzy Marine and Raven Yamamoto are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein with writing support from Jossie Kaufman. And our executive producers are Leo Duran and me, Gideon Resnick. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware.